Uh, our, the reading this morning is um, from 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. It's on page 1217, 1217, in the Church Bibles, and on the screens. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, even through faith are shielded um, by, power, by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be re- revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Though for now, for a while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, honour, when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. I just like to send uh, greetings from my wife, uh, the board of the church. Uh, yes, um, we are so thankful of your prayer support back home. Uh, there are days, um, hard days, uh, but through your prayer support, I mean, we are happy. Yeah, and we are so thankful. That's our joy. Yeah, um, I'm so blessed um, to be in this church. Really, I must say, there is life in this church. Sometimes uh, it, it's not nice. You go to church um, with um, maybe with disappoint, disappointment. You go to church with your disappointment. So it's nice here. You come with disappointment. When you go out, you have hope for life. So that's why I'm so excited to come to this church. We have a wonderful uh, message today. In my spirit, when I was reading this scripture, I felt a joy that we are so blessed to be a members of this new covenant. Because people from the old covenant used to say, praise be to God of Israel. And today we say, praise be to God, the Father of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because He is ours. We don't now point Israel. We don't point God of Israel. We point our Savior. He is ours. 
And today we are so blessed because he is ours. I am speaking Zulu and Steve is speak, speaking English. My brother Graham may speak Afrikaans or my sister may speak Tosa. But all these people in God's eyes are one blessed nation. What a privilege we have in Christ Jesus. That's why we are so excited that Peter will say, Praise be to God the Father of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is ours. I am we a winner in Christ Jesus Christ. No matter what happened in our way, you are a winner. You must tell the enemy today that I am a winner. No matter what, I am a winner. Because my Jesus went on a grave and on a dead day, he rose up from the grave. And therefore, I don't fear whatever may come along the way. I'm not depending on my own strength or on my own effort. But to whom who reigns from the dead and conquered the grave. And we are the winners. And why do we praise him? Why do we say this morning, praise be to God our Father. Because he gave us a new birth. I'm not ashamed to tell you that at once I was on my way to a graveyard because my life was in darkness. I was a heavy drinker. I used to go nightclubs. And then today I am telling you that I received a new pet. And today all of us have a testimony of this new pet. Praise his holy name. How many people are mentally disturbed because they haven't received this this hope, this living hope. How many people are in the graveyard because they have never, they are lacking, they lacked of a living hope. How many people are at hospital today because they lack of a living hope. So this living hope makes us rejoice in spite of conditions of life. That's why Apostle Paul and Silas, in spite of the prison, they worship him because of this living hope which is within us. So whether, whatever prison that the enemy put us in, we still rejoice because we have this living hope among us. Back home, there are so many people that have committed suicide. I feel sorry for them. What a shame because they lack of a living hope. Thank you, Lord. One day, Jesus told his disciples, he said to them, the time is coming where I will be killed, but on the third day, 
I will rise up again. Because in John chapter 10, he says, I have authority to lay my life. I have authority to take it back again. Because the enemy has no power to Christ. But he laid purposely for me and for yourself. He laid his life. He has authority to take it back again. Now here is the trouble. One day, two of his disciples were discussing something, busy discussing. They were in Emmaus, and Jesus was among them, but they did not recognize him. And Jesus did this purposely. So now, while they were busy discussing, Jesus, the Bible says, he walked along them. And he asked them a very simple question. What are you discussing together? The Bible says, both of them, they stood with their faces downcast. Number two, they asked him, are you a stranger or a visitor in this village who do not know what had happened in this village? This is how Jesus discovered those people, those followers of him who do not have this living hope. Never stay next to them. They will spoil. They will make your day worse. Praise God. Never sit next to them. We want people, we want followers of Christ that would say, today is Monday, tomorrow is Tuesday. Today is a bad day. Tomorrow the light is coming. Today I am freezing. But tomorrow the sun is coming. That's a living hope we have in Christ Jesus. Let the people in UK see that we are different from the world. We are a chosen generation. We have a living hope in spite of situations that are taking place in our families, in our workplace, in our marriages. But we have a living hope. We don't have sadness in our faces. It's it's a shame To see a follower of Christ walking with a long face. Sadness in the face. Speaking of worries. We want prayer warriors. We want people that would look at the cross and would say, You have, you were in the grave and you conquered the grave and I have power. Your word says, I'm a winner. Your word says, I am a conqueror. Your word says, I am a chosen one. These are the kind of people that we need in, this, in these days. I've got a demonstration to show you today. At the time I was at the, um, 
at the airport in uh, Johannesburg, back South Africa, where they uh, at the security gates, um, where my my bag was um, on this um, what do you call it? Okay, this this belt that is running with bag, our bags. Oh yes, yes. And then all of a sudden, this the bell make a noise. The alarm make a noise. And then the, the guy called me. He said, and he searched my bag, and he said, um, Father, what is this? He discovered a small plastic in my bag, and he said, what is this? I said, it's bean seed. And he said, bean seed is not allowed to UK. Why do you take bean seed in, in UK? I said, I want to use it in my preaching. In your preaching? I said, yes. And he asked me, how are you going to use bean seed in your preaching? I said, you want me to start preaching now? <laughs> Let me tell you what he said. Then he said, okay, well, you are wasting my time. You better go. <laughs> so, praise God, I was wasting his time and I've got my bean seed. <laughs> So what I'm going to say today is this, um, in this bean seed, wherever you can place it, there is life. As long as you don't put it in boiling water, but wherever you put it in, as long as it's a safe place, you can keep it for a number of months, whatever time, but there's still life in this bean seed. We can see bean seed, but we cannot see life in it. But it's amazing what we cannot see can produce something that we see. What I'm, I'm saying today, what we don't see has power. Our Jesus is not seen, but he has power. Although he's not seen, but he has power to change situations that are along our way. We have a hope because of what we have. We possess something that has life. We are, that's the reason I'm saying we are different from other nations. Because what we have is not seen by natural eyes. But it has power. That's the reason, the power that Apostle Peter has, I also have. You also have. I am able, and you are able, to put your hands, to lay hands, to the one who is demonic possessed, or has a, a serious sickness, and the demon will tremble and run away. This is what I, I used to tell I, I used to say when um, someone is praying for me, one day I had a, a terrible headache. Terrible. When I say terrible headache, I mean it. I had a terrible headache. And I asked one of my leaders of the church to pray for me. And he prayed for me. After a few minutes, I still feel the headache. But let me tell you what I said. I told 
the enemy. That the word of God says, I'm healed. No matter what, but the word of God said, I am healed. And then the enemy rolled back his tail and the headache was gone because I have a living hope. So I don't look at the, at the enemy. I don't look at my feelings. I look at the cross. I look at the work that has been completed at the cross. When you look at the situation, when you face the conditions, you lose hope. But when you look, when you focus on the cross, something coming up, our spirit. What I'm saying today, in times of darkness, lift up your eyes to the cross. I'm telling you, living hope will start rising up. No matter what happened in your marriage, just look up at the cross. Something will rise up. I told one of the ladies uh, back home, I said, if you look at the problem, because back home, there's a serious problem. A man can take as many wives as he can. Not believers. But this demon, this spirit, sometimes attack those born again men. You find that a, a man is serving God at workplace, he has a partner. So I tell la this lady, I said, just look at the cross, because if you look at the condition, you will end up in the grave. But if you look at the cross and kneel down and call him who has all powers upon the enemy, your, your, your marriage will change. So today, let us fix our eyes upon the cross. Something, something will raise up a living hope. Let's prove the world that we have a living hope. Thank you so much for this time. Steve and Leonard are going to come and um, uh, share with us about the work in KwaZulu-Natal. Steve. Good morning. It's uh, lovely to be back uh, amongst you again. And, um, uh, so thank you. Um, and I had to reach some waters. I was enjoying the worship so much. I started to lose my voice. <laughs> I thought I've got to stop singing right now. I'm going to lose my voice. Um, so yeah, my name is, as, as Graham has said, and, and Graham again, thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, I'm Steve, and I work for a charity called Medic Assist International that your church has been supporting over a number of years now, and you as individuals have as well. So uh, thank you for that. And I just want to ask Leonard to say hello. Um, 
Good morning to everyone. <laughs> that's a short hello, then. That's not usual for you. <laughs> Great. Um, so we um, at, 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 at Medics International, we um, and, and one of the privileges, I guess, of my job is that we get behind um, visionaries. Uh, behind saints, behind people we can know we can really trust that are already doing healthcare in their community and we come alongside to strengthen it. And one of those amazing visionaries, um, if I step back, can you all hear me? Um, is Leonard. And it's lovely knowing Leonard. He, and if you meet him afterwards, you'll find he's very humble, uh, very gracious, very unassuming. But he does an incredible job. Uh, he started a church in 2002. How many people come to your church since 2002 now? You started just, with your wife. Didn't you? Yes, just above 750. So 750 people um, come to this church since 2002. And, um, he, but he's also transformed healthcare to the people in his community. And so it's what Leonard, maybe I could ask you first, um, the partnership with MAI and the partnership um, with Little Methodist over... Uh, um, uh, sorry. Methodist Church, little over Methodist Church, thank you. Um, how has that helped you and your community? Well, um, 10 years ago, in my first uh, visit in the country, um, I used to give a statistic report that, I mean, there are, we do between um, two to four funerals uh, a week. But uh, currently, this number, I mean, only takes place a month. There are weeks whereby we don't have funeral at all, HIV and AIDS related I mean, uh, funerals. So we just praise God for that because it's through the service that we provide to our community. Uh, the population back home um, in Embo is um, approximately 37,000, so, um, but we don't have a clinic. But through uh, MAI, of which is possible through your support to MAI, we um, we now have a clinic which provides uh, primary health care services to our community. So we have a team of um, caregivers that uh, pro provide palliative care to uh, people that are dying um, of HIV and AIDS um, in, their uh, in their homes. We also provide education uh, to, and awareness to our community. That's the reason um, there's so much improvement in the lives of people, and all is possible through MAI and through your support. Mm. Yes, so uh, we are really uh, so thankful of what God is doing in our community. Well, again, um, I must say this, we, um, our, we did, we, I mean, before people had to take a taxi from um, Embo to our uh, mother clinic, which is based in Embo, I mean, in Bordasil. So now, because through MAI, now we have a clinic um, in our church, which, is, which was funded by MAI. So we, we are able now to take very, very weak people to uh, hospitals or to uh, the hospice. So, um, yes. Great. Thank you, Leonard. And um, so how are you welcome? Oh, um, in a minute, uh, there's some pictures just, to, just to, so you can see Embo, you can see the caregivers and the, and the work in the clinic. Um, as we talk, and a little bit later, there'll be a picture of some children with their nursery school teacher. And it's another example of the impact uh, Leonard's team has made if we tell the story of those little children um, at the creche. 
just hear what's happening. Yes, because of the health challenges um, back home, my wife started a crash. Um, Ten years ago, we used to, uh, to have um, between uh, 60% of children HIV positive. 60%. And today we have 117 children in our daycare center. Only eight of them are HIV positive. So um, the children are infected with HIV at birth from their mother, either through, uh, during, during birth or through breastfeeding. And because of the caregivers in the clinic being so local, it's much easier to pass information to pregnant mothers. They test every, every mother, they tell the mother. So the caregiver sees a mother in the community and says, have you, been, have you been to the clinic for your antenatal? Have you been tested? Has your blood been tested? And when they know they've got HIV, they can then give the proper advice to the mother about how not to pass that on to their child. And so it's an incredible change. Um, how are you greeted now in the community? Are you go to the clinic, Leonard? There must be, you know, people must now know you a lot, you know, know you well. What's the, how do they greet you? Well, if, if I step in the, in the clinic on daily basis, I would receive hugs from people. Ladies would kiss me <laughs> <laughs> and say thank you, uh, Pastor, for um, saving um, one of my relatives uh, who was... Um, uh, I mean, on the way to the graveyard, and today he is alive, or she is alive, through the support of your of your church. Yeah. So um, we would like to tell the story of, of Musa. Uh, I'll stand to tell the story of Musa and Priscilla. Um, so he, because he's an example of of, of what you just heard Leonard say. Um, but he also, when he was little, and um, from his when he was born, uh, he was one of the children uh, that was infected with HIV from his mother. So, um, uh, let me tell Musa and Priscilla's story, Leonard. Okay. Thank you. Well, um, Musa was born uh, HIV positive. Um, his parents died of the epidemic. And then um, Musa was cared by his grandmother, of which this is the case back home. Later on, his uh, mother, his grandmother, was affected of TB, which is a serious issue uh, in Guazulu Natal. Now Musa has to drop school and care for his granny. Meantime, uh, his brother, elder brother, who was the breadwinner in the family, also passed away of uh, HIV and AIDS. So now um, Musa's um, grandmother has TB, Musa has to drop school and care for his grandmother. While he was caring for his grandmother, he was also affected of TB. As you know, that um, this contamination uh, on um, TB. So now Musa lost hope for life. It is then Priscilla, the caregiver, stepped in as an angel to this family. Priscilla organized a transport funded by MRI to take Musa to the uh, TB hospital. At the same time, Priscilla cared for uh, Granny, who was affected of TB. To cut the long story short, after a period of time, Musa was discharged at the hospital with his health improved and his Granny um, 
I mean, his health being improved because of the services in the clinic. So there was joy in the family. Uh, it is then Priscilla, I mean, is so excited and then shared the good news um, of, um, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, the whole family are members of our church. That's exciting news. <laughs> And Musa, he wants to carry on now to be a nurse, or is that? Yes, he's uh, doing now his A levels through correspondence, and uh, he's hoping to be a male nurse. Yeah, yeah. So I love the the, the hooray there about um, Musa and the family coming to Christ. And actually, see, I started getting all these. I, I kept noticing the stories coming from Embo. Uh, about the caregivers and then they were praying and the person now goes and made a commitment to Christ and are now going to church. Well, that is interesting. So I gave, um, Len, I gave you Priscilla's client list since 2017. Since 2017, I showed uh, Leonard the list of clients that Priscilla had cared for and I said, how many of those and their family members have made a commitment to Christ? And how many was it? Just over 30. It's 2017, so there were 30. But you know, there were, there were five caregivers. So I thought, hmm. And I pulled Leonard, I sat him down, I mean, they had a cup of coffee, it's a big bite, folded like this. Of all the, the clients that the caregivers have cared for since 2017, and how many out of the, them and their family members have come to Christ, would you think? Just over 250. Yeah. yeah, just over 250. So, you know, that's another reason I love this job. I mean, it saves lives, but it does more than that. And, and it's the same in our work in India and Nepal. Both those partners, and, uh, 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 like Leonard, they have a, such a heart to bring people to Christ. It, it's not just the health care. Yeah? They their primary aim is to, is, to, is to find people and bring them back to their Heavenly Father. And it goes beyond just a physical care, but, but, but also the, that kind of like, you know you need to know your Heavenly Father. And so I, 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 when I, I met Priscilla, I asked her... Um, what she loved about her job, and she just said this quote on the front of this card, and um, my joy that we are helping to keep more and more people alive. And, and I understood that, and I think she meant, you know, physically alive like Musa. But now I'm starting to read it differently, that she's bringing people into alive as in eternally alive, which is um, really exciting. Yeah. So I'll um, close there really, but thank you very much. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you journeying with us. Priscilla's going to go out tomorrow. She's got a client list at the moment, about 14 people, and, and care for more people like Musa. She stays in touch with Musa, continues to support him. But it can only be done uh, with, with, with your support and you being with us and with uh, Leonard in Embo. Thank you. Isn't that wonderful news? You could do with a bit of good news this morning, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, whoa. Fantastic.